On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I do not possess your pornography. It's been destroyed. Let's do this! The swing and the belt! Well, feel way back! Blue Jays win it! Oh, God! Down the sideline! Wow! Touchdown! How's it going, everybody? Welcome back inside an all-new episode of Tall Can Audio. Long weekend over, summer's over, back to school, back to work, back at whatever it is you got going on. Matt over here, Rob over there, what are you saying today, man? Not only is summer over, I've been off since last Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so, um, that my brother... an unanswered email or two. Oh, okay, yeah, not just, not just the... <laughs> Not just a distant douchebag. <laughs> um, yeah, but I hate the out-of-office reply, and usually, yeah, yeah. I bu- usually I bugger it up, and then people make fun of me, so I just don't do it. Good enough. Um, I'd rather you think I was cold and aloof. Um, Mission accomplished, th- bud. Than stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my younger brother was in town. Nice. He's, he's freshly back from the Cayman Islands. Gorgeous. And so he was down, he was here for ooh, the first two nights and three days, so I took the time off and uh, we cruised around the, the old neighborhoods, checked out some of the spots where we used to live, and then uh, yeah, he went out to the older brother's house, and so Saturday night we were out there for a bit of a bonfire and a barbecue. Nice, nice. So really, really what's happened here is, man, I've had, I've drank too much, <laughs> really from probably last Tuesday night. And not, never hammered, never, but just a nice, mm-hmm. he- heavy bass every, <laughs> every day, right? And you're like, Oof. I'm familiar with the phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm like, oh man, it's six to eight beers sort of a day. Throw a little wine, throw a little, uh, Christ, the, the, the Thursday night, everyone came in here and we had a barbecue outside. Right. So there was barbecuing, there was beers, there was wine, and then there was a little whiskey at the end of the night once most people had left and i was like whew i am glad 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 i'm not going to work tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow's gonna suck man yeah so yesterday was just 
pretty much taking it easy as was today's holiday Monday, sleeping in a bit. I told you I had chocolate, leftover chocolate cake for breakfast. Gorgeous. And followed that up with some nacho chips. Just going to the Guinness over there. Is that what just happened? Oh, I'm glad you just asked, Matt. It it certainly is fall weather today. Yeah. So uh, not a Guinness, but I have gone with the cooler weather, a stout. I'm drinking a Bellhaven Black. That's a nice beer. That is the the stout of the Highlands, my friend. So it <laughs> a is a go-to it, over at the Highlander Pub. Before uh, that might be the business I am so far most devastated to have lost here through the pandemic is uh, is the Highlander Pub there and uh, right there in the market. It was but, uh, been a long time favorite. It, and it was yes, we actually spent quite a bit of your money in there one night, if you recall. That's, More than one uh, night. Yeah, I've spent a lot of my money several no, nights. I know, in there. I know, but there, there was there was a time where Matt was feeling Oprah rich and said, <laughs> "Hey, beer's on me," and that's always a super dangerous thing. <laughs> um, and it was almost worth the sixty dollar cab ride I had to pay to get home. I believe um, that offer originated for my young cousin who was having a harder time, and you happily jumped aboard. <laughs> Was, was how that actually was, Matt was out. Matt was waving a waving a fat stacks around like he was yeah. Oprah Rich, as I said. So, <laughs> anyways, it was it was quite an evening. But the Bellhaven Black also available here in Ottawa at Deacon Brody's. Yeah, it's owned the by the same Club. people, and uh, I guess they when they had to choose one, they chose that one. So uh, I will return there. I, I already like that spot anyway, and you're obviously more of a a whiskey guy than I am, and, and they, that was one of the things that the Highlander was known for. I guess they were going to move a bunch of it over to uh, Deacon Brody's. They already had some, but they were going to kind of uh, make that part of their deal. So I'll be looking forward to getting back there, man. But uh, I think he said last time I was in there, 46 different whiskeys, Yeah, I, I think is what he was saying. Looking, you, looking for a place to rent for my 50th, which is coming up next year. And he said, yeah, no, nah, I, I, I'd love to, but no. Make said, more money without your private party. Well, this is it. And he says, I don't want to, I don't want to turn my regulars away. Totally yep. get it. Yep. Totally get it. So that's, that was on the, but Bellhaven, for those of you who aren't familiar, it is, it is a, it's sort of a, in between Guinness and Murphy's. So it's not quite as sweet as Murphy's, but it's a little sweeter than Guinness. But right now, I, I, this is a big pint of Scottish black magic. It, <laughs> it, it, it does, it does come with a nice little priest collar on top. So it's delicious, and that's what I'm going with today, Bellhaven Black. Well, as you were uh, gallivanting for the last week or so, you come across anything else interesting, a little more uh, close to home, anything you want to tell the good listener about? Or? In, terms of, in terms of beverages? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, took down a, I, took down, well, I took down a bunch. Um, but, um, we're again, not looking for a list of <laughs> yeah. total recall on everything, but anything uh, that stands out, that's all. You know what? I I drank it, and and the the brewery escapes me. But it was a um, it was called Ronin. It was a Japanese rice lager. Okay. Um, I want to say it was from. Uh, oh, um, good. I oh, know. It's out of Toronto at a Scarborough Pride of Scarborough. Uh, <laughs> something companior. Um, yeah, okay. We did something from around there not too long ago. And, and I've had a couple from there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it was, it'll come to me, oh, common good. That's it. All right. It's and a nice so, brewery. And it is a nice brewery. And, and the, the Ronin uh, Japanese rice lager was super tasty. Like, that's a beer that you could probably, you could probably throw the, the you know, and even does down. And, <laughs> and, 
and, and, and still feel strong. Maybe right. not sexy, but still feel strong. Okay. Like that. Um, sitting here, I got one that, uh, so my final week there up at the lake, um, and the good listener will recall, I believe it was episode 879, 69, I get Maddie Lang was on the show anyway. And uh, he had brought a pile of stuff up for an afternoon there at the lake. He drove up for a little barbecue and a couple of pints. And so he's got the uh, the Toronto beers going, and I've got, um, you know, some stuff I've gathered up from the Kawarthas. And, of course, it's it's far too much now, right, That <laughs> to take down in a day. Um, so I've got some of that left over. Uh, so I've got a couple Toronto beers that I'll be sampling over the next couple of weeks. This is from... Uh, the Henderson Brewing Company down in Toronto. Good stuff. Yep, for sure. And this is their, where's the can here? We The Pearson Express IPA. Now, I guess um, it says here in the description, and I was reading a little bit about it on their website, it used to be called their Union Pearson Ale. And about five years ago when they were building up the brewery, they were watching, you know, the, the tracks get laid and, and all these trains go by for that new Union Pearson yeah, kind of train line, yeah, that went in um, in preparation for the, uh, it was supposed to be up for the Pan Am games. I don't think it ended up starting uh, on time for the Pan Ams, but so be it. They were watching all these trains go by, and so they named it their Union Pearson Ale. And I guess just this year, they started putting this beer into the LCBOs, and they started getting all kinds of questions why is like what's a UPA? That's what it was being labeled as, right? And everybody's thinking IPA. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And like, all right, that's fucking confusing. We get it. And so they just switched it over to the Pearson Express, which is, you know, what it ends up being called most of the time the train anyway. But yeah, it just stems from watching all these trains roll back and forth as it was getting set up and as the brewery was getting built. So uh it's a six point three percent. Um, it says American IPA here is the style. So this would be the first one from there I ever tried, but he brought a bunch of stuff, bunch of left field, bunch of oh, Bellwood. Um, love the left field. Yeah. He, he set us up with a few different things there when he uh, rolled into town. Um, he's mentioned on the show before he kind of lives in this Bermuda triangle of three or four breweries <laughs> within walking distance that you can see down the street. So he did the sweep and then headed up to, uh, to the lake for some pints and some steaks and uh, whatever else. So I'm sitting here with the with what's left of the Toronto beers he brought. See now, did he bring up? Because uh, my my younger brother, who who also lives downtown Toronto, he is uh, he loves. I believe it's called the Jutsu. It's also a, a Bellwood. I believe it's got the super funky can. It looks like little diamonds on it. Don't think that one made the trip. Um, okay. There was a couple others here that uh, I don't think they're from the same brewery, but they were called the Jelly King. And so they were like different tart or sours, right? Um, okay. That were interesting to, there was one that it it, it puckered you, man. Like it took a, a and uh, we'll post them on our Instagram because I, I can't remember off the top of my head. We we took down a few which didn't help my memory and uh, you know, yeah. one of those sorts of days, right? Several well, weeks well, they, from now. Well, they blur. And and as as you know, I, I get a, a beer of the month delivery here, right? Which which shoots me off usually a couple of each different things. And so I, I had a nice backlog going, so I was working through stuff and but I, I made the mistake of letting Scott uh oh wander down and say, Hey man, grab us a couple of beers. And so he was like, Hey, look what I got. And he was bringing up all kinds of, in, in pairs. Of course. I'm like, Hey man, you only take from the bottom of the fridge. Uh, I, okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're familiar with this as we get ready to reopen the studio here. 
there's show beers and then there's kind of hang around beers, right? Exactly. <laughs> so um, you'll get the, the there's going to have to be a, an orientation again when we reopen the studio. Well, just leave me the mustard shelf and we'll <laughs> and, and, in the door and we'll go from there, right? I won't touch yours. You don't touch mine. That's always been a, a longstanding rule as you and I get together. Uh, yes, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. All right. Um, speaking of what, well, not really speaking of which, uh, there was a tweet here uh, that I, I, I thought I would present to you because I thought it was kind of fun. And the person's just asking, and it says very directly, men and men only, give me a song originally sung by a woman that when it comes on, you're singing full chested, like you're belting it out with no shame. Oh, it's easy. It's easy. It's Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. Okay, Maddie Lang was furious that that was not my answer. Oh, really? So, so he's feeling you. He's, he's right there with you. Man, I feel like a woman. Yeah, short skirt, man. Like a man shirt, short skirt. I don't know. It's just something about it is, or I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. Those sort of are... <laughs> If, if, if I got to go, but now I'm, I don't think I have all the lyrics for man, I, for, no. for I'm every woman, Okay. but damn, I wish I was your lover by Sophie B. Sophie Hawkins. B. Hawkins. That's another one probably that's that pulled so right I, off my list as well. But I went so, with, uh, just like a pill by pink is one that I'm always down for. Oh, okay. And on rare occasion, if I'm in the right mood, um, and I, I'm usually got to be well lubricated, but I'm probably going to hey be now. down for Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. <laughs> I got time for that for sure. How about my lumps? You strike me as a my lumps guy. My lovely lady lumps. I think Check the song out. is called My Humps though, isn't it? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not so much into the Fergalicious, but uh, but that one <laughs> tune, yeah, I got time for that. And, and yeah, I, I put on underneath... I got time for Sophie B. Hawkins, man. I got a couple of uh, of tunes there. So okay, but I think you're also a chorus guy too, though. I believe that's really more like I, I'm feeling misunderstood by that. That's more of a dancing with the vacuum and whatever might be going. Not so much singing that one. It's just feeling it right as you're moving around and and cleaning up a little bit. I'm not necessarily belting it out as much as just like yes, right? Like this is this is the groove right now. You also strike me as a bit of a Joe Lee. Are we going to do this all day? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I am a Dolly Parton guy, but not that song. I don't really know that song. I know the song, but I don't know any of the words. It's it's not. It wouldn't be in my top twenty Dolly Parton tunes. All right. Okay. Well. Yep. There you go, man. Yeah. Islands in the stream all day, man. (laughs) Oh, I see. And and I know I've told the story here before, and I will save it for another time. Oh, okay. The island, the islands in a stream story. That's that's the one about me on the bus with the Down syndrome guy who got on. Oh yeah. Who sat down? He sat right next to me, and and the bus is super crowded, and everybody's trying to avert their eyes, like they're like, oh, don't don't make super eye contact because then the conversation is on. Right. But I'm next to him, and, and he sat down sort of roughly, and I'm like, hey, man, what the fuck? What's happening here? <laughs> anyway, so then he strikes up a conversation. And anyways, the gist of it is he and, you know, he asked me about my siblings and then followed it up with saying, are all your siblings big boned like you? <laughs> so being called fat was, uh, you know, it was a bit interesting. It's a, it's a rough start to my Tuesday. Um, but anyways, by halfway to work on the, on the Downtown Express, he was telling me, he's like, I love Kenny Rogers. Who doesn't? 
And I'm like, yeah, you're Nyland's in the, in the stream guy? And he's like, of course. Yeah. And so he proceeded to sing at the top of his lungs. And this is a 7 a.m. bus, <laughs> South Ottawa going right downtown. And he's singing Islands in the Stream. And he's singing both parts. Oh, both I was going to say, man, did you pick up the dolly? You got to help him out there. I got no room, man. The guy, the guy is all over it. So... <laughs> Anyways, that, that's Doug was his name as he got off and he's like, bye, Rob. Have a good day. And he's yelling at me from the... See you tomorrow. Big bones. <laughs> Love it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, to me, those are good. Hit us with your, uh, with your own. It's on our Twitter at Tall Can Audio. Um, we want to hear what, uh, what lady songs you're just belting out, full-chested, like just have it at it, right? So uh, we got a lot of stuff we could touch on here, ma'am. The Blue Jays win again today. Uh, the Habs, Hurricanes, Coyotes, Love Triangle comes to a head. Um, man, what what's on your mind? What do you want to say? The Olympics thing got decided last week. What's on your mind here? Front, What's front and center for you? Well, uh, something that's probably not even in that, strangely. it's it's I want to, I want to hit you with something hockey-based mm. that came up in a conversation on local radio here. Early this early last week had to be early because I was at work, <laughs> and it was that whole thirtieth anniversary of the uh, of the ninety one draft, okay. the ninety one NHL draft, and and the question really is, three guys drafted in the top six, and I want you to tell me, in hindsight, knowing all that you know, who do you take of these three guys? Are you ready? Is your is, is the great? I don't know. Of- the Leafs ended up with Tom Curvers a year earlier. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, funny you should funny you should say it because yeah. the, the Curvers alternate is one of those options. <laughs> yeah. You have Eric Lindros. You have Peter Forsberg. You have Scott Niedermeyer. You can only have one, and you know everything about their careers. Go. Scott Niedermeyer. Okay. Well, it's 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 really hard to. To disagree with that. Forsberg comes in and out, you know, we know Lindros' history for a couple of years, maybe the best player, the greatest player of all time, just skill, talent, force, physicality, everything he brings, but it's kind of done by like 99. Um, And he's still a reasonably productive player for the Rangers, but nothing like he was. Uh, Forsberg, he lasts a little bit longer than that and is again, a dominant player, a player you love. Um, but the injuries for like that second half of his career where he disappears and he's in and out and then maybe he's back to Europe and he's retired, but then he comes back. People forget he's a Nashville predator for a little while. Like he saw that in stats today. I'm like, "Mm." yeah. And so things get weird. Right. And, um, love both Lindros and Forsberg in their primes, but Niedermeyer is still dominating up until the 2010 winter Olympic games. Right. Like that's the guy that's going to stabilize your franchise long-term. Yeah. And see, the thing is. There was a period where Lindros was easily the most dominant, yeah. and I, and I think when his when his dominance waned, there was a period where you could talk about Forsberg in that same place. Mm-hmm. Won a heart, won an Art Ross. Like he was he was right there in that sort of multiple cups that Lindros didn't win, right? And yep. and so and actually Forsberg wins the Calder, Lindros does not. It, it always ends it, up playing out that way, right? Like McDavid doesn't win it, Crosby doesn't win it. <laughs> like there's always, yeah. Anyways, that, that's interesting to and 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 clearly, Niedermeyer had the much longer career, right? In terms, and of, it's not like longevity, like 
whatever, where he's just sort of a guy. Like, he is Not a like Mark Recchi bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say, but I, <laughs> I decided I was going to leave him alone. But you're going to drag that in. That's fine. I, I think, like, top pair, legit, you know, all, annual all-star, Norris contender, defenseman for two decades. Like, that's that's the guy. And Lindros and Forsberg, at their peak, maybe are more impactful players than Scott Niedermeyer, but for a much shorter period of time. So as you framed it, knowing all that you know and in hindsight, yeah, yeah uh, give me needs. I think you're right, and I don't disagree. I just, it, to me, it was a fascinating, you know, conversation, especially when you throw in that Forsberg was traded for Lindros yes. with, like, a bajillion other things and cash, and you're like, oh, at the end of the day... The two of them, Forsberg actually had more points than Lindros. Yep. Um, so anyways, interesting conversation. Yeah, for sure. So one of those things where you go... That Lindros trade ends up setting up the Nordiques slash Avalanche to go win those cups. And yeah, but, but do they win that without the Patrick Watch trade? No, probably not. Jocelyn Thibault going head-to-head with the... Jocelyn Thibault! Don't, don't, don't. Red Wings or something. Like, no, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I, you're right. It, it gives them that move up, all those top draft picks, you know, your Lachishans and, and whatnot. Forget about your Sackicks and your Sundines and your <laughs> Owen Nolans and whatever else. But yeah, interesting to see that that's just Ron how Hextall that whole, was in that trade. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly, I think Chris Simon, I, I'm yep. not sure there was just a bunch of things moving around in there, right? Like the very first, you know, we talk about quantity over quality. What's the old Pierre Dorian line? I can't remember even which got seven pieces or whatever. Like, yeah, but yeah, y- yeah, but <laughs> like, yeah, but this, I, lo- I, lo- I love that. I love that trade now. Yeah, of course. Right. And even the, the, this one that we're talking about, Lindros for Forsberg, you did get Forsberg. So it's not just pieces, but after that, you're like, yeah, it's a lot of pieces. It's Chris Simon. It is Lachusian. It's How about Martin- all who stays for like six months and goes right back to Philly. And- How about Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg? Would you want to do over on that? If yeah. you're, well, yeah, I guess it depends which team I am. Right? Like, yeah. If you're the Capitals. Yeah. One you're- team is running into the car again. With the- yeah. Start the car. <laughs> Um, why don't we talk about the Olympic announcement that gets made last week that the NHL, the PA, the IIHF, and the IOC have come to an agreement to go to the Winter Olympic Games. Um, Elliot Friedman reported uh, on the latest 31 thoughts that the, whatever you want to call it, the not the press release, but the internal memo right that went around to the teams was hardly dripping with excitement. It didn't even have Bettman's name on it. He wants... It's it's been pretty clear he doesn't want to do this. The owners don't want to do this. But this was one of the things that they negotiated with the players to get the new CBA done. And uh, so they sent it around. Yeah, it's, we're going. Like this is going to be yeah, the thing. It's happening. But with a pile of caveats. Yeah. Um, the two big ones being, and there are drop dead dates on this. I believe they're both in early January. But one being, hey, COVID is getting worse. And it doesn't look like a very good idea for us to go. Uh, we can bail out then if you're the NHL or the NHLPA. The other one being uh, COVID, again, has buried us. We got a bunch of games already that need rescheduling and to be moved around. And they've gotten to a critical mass where we absolutely need those two weeks where we're supposed to go to the Olympics to play those games. Um, it seems pretty likely to me you're going to hit both of those targets. Um this, I think it's genuine. I do believe that they have signed this in good faith and plan to go. But uh, I don't think you're any closer to being certain that you're going than you were before they signed this. Are you? 
Uh, see, to me, when I read it, and and I sent you in it when we were talking, we were flipping back and forth on show notes, and I'm like, yeah, Olympic participation? Or is it still too early? And I wanted to say, and vague. Right. Because, because the idea to me is, I don't think it's genuine on the part of the NHL. Okay. Uh, I see this as, as you pointed out, yeah, we negotiated with the players that we would do this, but those two escape clauses, they're big. To me, are, well, and 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 how, and as you've said, very likely to hit them. Yeah. Right. And you go, hey, hey, guys, sorry, <laughs> we thought we would do it, but look, look, it's terrible. And so, uh, I think that also, they in- it's China. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not well, overlook that. Like, well, what do, you, what do you mean? There's no cases in China. I, I'm, that's what I've heard, man. <laughs> yeah. So zero. That's the place I actually want to be. <laughs> no, not, not, not really. Not, yeah. not really. But anyways, I, I don't think it's, I, I think it's done really sort of with my fingers. I got my, my fingers behind my back sort of giving that, hey, 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 yeah. We right. mean my it. Fingers we are, mean it. Okay. My fingers are crossed. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, yeah no. I think there's a, a, that they're hoping that, 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 hoping, air quotes. Right. That, that there is some issues where they go, oh, you know what? We really need those two weeks to bump back the schedule and get a full 82 in. Well, you make a good point that they didn't list, like, what is that number? We need 12 games we ha- that we have to make up. We have 36 games we need to make up. We have four games we need. Like, you, you're right. It has been left intentionally vague. And I wouldn't necessarily expect them to know right, right now what that number is. But they didn't even try to ballpark it. It was just like, ah... We'll see when it gets closer if we need those weeks or not. Yeah. And then at the end, it comes down to, well, hey, we have our and your best and your family's yeah. best interest at, at heart. Like, what do you want us like to you do? you always have, yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. The count is always, the, the TPC is always on top of these things. As long as your head hasn't been, uh, look, when you look at this, um, do you think there is a, because I guess, like Friedman said, that... The PA has even said to the members, to the guy, like, we don't necessarily think this is a great idea either. You haven't been, they've, they've, they've had the insurance purchased for like, you know, John Tavares went in 2014, had his knee blown up or those sorts of things have been insured. COVID, if you catch not that, insured. not insured. And that can be long-term. We we're still learning about long COVID. We're still learning about what that could mean for the rest of the year. You're watching right now. The Boston Red Sox just hanging on to a playoff spot by dear life as or for dear life because they're one of the lowest vaccinated teams on in the league, and you know they're missing all kind. There's like twelve regulars out of the lineup right now. So in terms of ensuring your health, it matters for your team and your playoff odds and all these things too. But the players, I guess, said separate from the PA. So the management of the PA has said to them, here's the risks. There's no insurance. We don't know that this is a great idea. Um, You can't take your families, all these things. The actual membership has said, I don't want to hear it. And this is all according to Friedman. We're going. This is something we want. And it's almost like they have thrown um, rationality to the wolves, right? Or look, we get that it's important and the players always want to go to the Olympics, but by all accounts, they've said both to the league and their own association, don't come to me with this. Just make it happen. We want to go. Don't bring this shit to me. It's, and it's, it's, but it's one of those things where 
what is there going to be a hundred NHL players at the Olympics? Oh yeah, like it's by far the minority, but the rest of them wouldn't mind the two weeks off. I'm sure. Right, but it's also the one your team's talk. third liner is fine yeah, with your team's yeah. first liner going because he's going to the Dominican. <laughs> like, yeah, is is telling is telling you know it's like Cadre saying to McKinnon, "Hey man, you should go." It's going to be great. Are, are, this is not good for me. Right. <laughs> you should reconsider. How come you're never thinking of me? Right. Because you're a selfish bitch and keep getting suspended, and you're never thinking of us. Hmm. This is getting personal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, it, yeah, to me, it, 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 it is that whole idea that you are looking. And as vaccinations continue to go, like I think I heard late last week that the NHL felt like they were in the 95%. Yes. Uh, vaccinated range and so as you have different things like i saw that um in the nba the it's the knicks and the brooklyn the nets the knicks the nets and the warriors out of california who are saying yeah everybody has to be vaccinated that's right or or you do not play for us well because in those states that's the law right it's workplace it's not necessarily those teams but in those two states their well, governments so, have said to come to work, you're going to need to be vaccinated, and the NBA is work. Well, where are the Kings at? Where are the where Lakers are the Kings at? at? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the Clippers. Like to me, there's other teams in California. Yep. And, and for all well, I know, we'll see, right? yeah. Well, this is it, right? And you're like, okay, but but this idea of of mandatory vaccinations uh, at work, we just came. It came down by November first. Everybody has to be vaccinated. You have to disclose unless you have. You, you mean know, where you work at the for the city of Ottawa? Yep. Yep. And so there are these stipulations. How's that gone have, over? Uh, I don't know. It came down late late last week when I wasn't at work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I am double vaxxed. Sure. I, no, I get so, it, but not everybody will be. And yeah, well, I was surprised to hear that. It, you know, at this point, it hadn't been announced, and it was disclosed. Yeah, there, there are people who aren't. Yeah. And, and at this point, I'm like, who are those people? You sit on my left. You sit on my right. No, you're both jabbed. I'm probably all right. All right. Like, yes. El- elbow to the temple. <laughs> Bam. And so at this point, it's it's one of those things. And I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The 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 show, the lost episode that'll never make air. But the idea <laughs> Sorry, that, folks. yeah, and it was golden. The best idea, ever. <laughs> well, at least in a while. The uh, the idea that we are going to continue to have to curtail things for the vast minority of people who mm-hmm. don't want to do this. I have to continue to wear a mask at work. I have to continue to, and you're like, every, if everybody's vaccinated, why, what do we, what do we need to do this for? Right. So why do we need to continue to have the tail wag the dog? Cause the tail appears to be way louder than the dog. Do it. <laughs> um, what do you, so did your confidence level that they're going to the Olympic Games move at all with this announcement? Slightly. Yeah, yeah. Slightly. It's like that dancing flaccid penis. It's just starting to bounce a little bit, what right? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Is this a thing you do in the shower? <laughs> no, he's, he's moving. It's in the early days, in the early days of the internet. I don't, somebody, <laughs> somebody sent me this and it's like a claymation penis and it's, it's just laying there flaccid over its side and then the music comes up. It's like this, this, this bass beat, doom, 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 and it starts to bounce a little bit, like, <laughs> and, and then it, start, it starts to spin in circles, and the little end, the little end is open as it goes. Anyways, so if this is the claymation penis, it's just bouncing a bit. 
This is uh, Ottawa Life Magazine says we are one of the uh, <laughs> one of the best podcasts of 2021 here locally. So uh, that's the gold you come for is <laughs> the dancing well, that, flaccid penis. So that was a great shout out. Was that it was, not? No, that was fun. That was cool. And uh, and thank you to the Ottawa Life Magazine for uh, for mentioning us alongside a couple of uh, of pretty cool show. And, and I mean, obviously. Ottawa Life Magazine, great taste of it. Like, I don't know who over there uh, listened to what we got going on, but um, I don't know if you, that's just, I think what I emailed to you later was the actual article. And okay. uh, there was just kind of a brief write-up on each show that they'd mentioned. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It, it touches on, you know, a little bit of craft beer, a little bit of sports, a little bit of uh, pop culture. And then at the end, it's like hanging with the friends you wish you had. Oh, see? I don't mind, like, that's not a bad little way to, to, to sum it all up. So thank you to the Ottawa Life magazine for uh, mentioning us as one of the, uh, the podcasts to listen to. One of the best podcasts of 2021 here in the nation's capital region. We, so. we are the overnight success that's been going on for six or seven years. Yeah, I was going to leave that part out. <laughs> Where you been, hey, Ottawa Life? Hey, right? man. Well, <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is, yeah, it's, it's sometimes you got you to gotta work a little Just harder, keep man. Keep plugging away. That's right. Exactly. No, I think I'm with you that I think the announcement made me a little more confident. Um, that penis is getting a little bit more blood to it. See, this is it, man. You're buying in, right? It's bobbing its head a bit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm slightly more confident than I was a week or two ago. But you're right. It's just been left very, very um, unclear or with lots of outs, right? That, that you know, ah, we th- there's too many cases or we've got too many games to make up or Whatever it might be. So we'll see what that looks like. And we will, you know, maybe down the road, we'll take a run at some of the uh, Olympic roster projections and these sorts oh, of things. And I think. They, were every, they were everywhere. As soon as the announcement came, it was like, ah, remember when we did this three months ago? And yeah. I well, like, and I was already shouting at the TV and going, no, no, <laughs> no. So yes, we will we will take a look at that you know closer to the new year maybe. Yeah, when we have when that penis is fully erect, right? When they're flexing. It's, it's going, right? They're going. To, <laughs> it's pointing right at Beijing. <laughs> yeah, hitting the crab, it's doing the whole thing, right? right. So um crab makes me uncomfortable with yeah, this for sure. right. oh, sorry as soon as it, and I, I i started to avoid clapping yeah. uh, there was a there was a bunch of things i thought okay i don't know where to go with this <laughs> um why don't we hit briefly you can take this one drake batherson resigns long term with the ottawa senators um it, it's a it's a guy who really has just one full season with the team but it's not a bad season at all and they're banking on him continuing to improve seems like a reasonable bet but what was it six years at four point four point nine seven right what'd you think uh i was you know what i actually when i heard it i I, I was pumping both hands over my head (laughs) well the fact that it was six years under five okay slightly under five yep like i i think that there's no way that this guy doesn't work out to be a 50-point guy. And at this point, a 50- to 60-point guy, I think is... I, I think him as a 30-30 guy is a completely legit thing. I don't see him as a 50-goal man. I don't ever see him. But all he's ever done all the way through juniors, AHL, working his way into... He would have worked out to 47, 48 points last year in a full NHL season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got all the, all the markings of, of a legit top six forward. And so to me, six years under five, that to me is a, is a, is a sweet signing. 
is there any chance? And I think I agree. Like, I, I obviously I watched fewer Sens games than you last year, more than I wanted to. But that's kind of a regional deal we got going on here. Yep, for sure, man. Um, it is a bit of a gamble after just one season. And I, I like I said, I, I I say it kind of. I'm with yep. you. I think it's a, a good deal, but there is a, a bit of a risk here. But you are looking to um, show the fan base that you're serious. I don't think this was necessarily a reaction to, but it did come just hours after Sean Simpson reported, hey, the Brady thing, not going great. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a palate cleanser before your uh, day yeah. carries on too far. Is this a, is there a chance this turns out to be a bit of an overpayment? Like we don't know yet that this is a 30 goal guy. If he is, this is a sweet deal. If he's not... I guess it's still under five. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it is it is long, right? Yeah, I, I think I think the I feel very comfortable with this guy at minimum being a fifty point guy, right? Like, and so as as a winger and you know a non center, and you go, okay, man, that is a guy who you know uh, a, a million bucks for every ten points. Yep, if and that, it starts with a four. Like that, that part makes me comfortable. Like the, it, 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 as you said, it's it's just barely a four, but it does start yep. with a four. That's n- no different than when we talked about William Nylander. Over it starts with a six, not a seven or an eight, right? It, it's you kind of go, it just creeps in underneath that. But the fact that that number is a little lower than what some people were saying, under five, I think yeah, it's probably all right. Yeah, and and the risk here is, and and this is like serious deja vu. The, the the what makes you a little gun shy is the Colin White contract. Yep. Also under five, but and under his four point nine, but not far enough right. for most fans because <laughs> that's one where again you have said, hey, that's a six year contract, but he has shown faith in the organization, in the city, taken a little term, um, but we're paying for a little potential that I think at least two years into this has not been met. Right. So that that is the thing where you go, well, that's really a two point five million dollar player, but he's making almost five, and so that is the risk, right? Sure. Now, I I don't see White and and Batherson in the same in the in the same light, but you are you are correct. You know, White does not have they the all AHL. have risk, right? In, right, yeah. and White does not have the AHL track record. There's there's a bunch of yep. things yep. where you feel you know like Batherson undrafted into the queue, right? then went on to have an outstanding scored eight goals in the world juniors for Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Blossomed into that undrafted in his first year into the NHL went down, has killed it back to back years in the HL and then came up and put up almost a 50 point. If it was a projected full season in his rookie season. Like I think those are as Ottawa continues to build, you were hoping that those continue to build. Do I see him as an 80 point guy? Yeah, probably not in his, in his upper window, but to me, to be a 30-30 guy, and if I can get that guy for in under five, yep. uh, and, and I would be surprised if he comes in less than 50 points this year. And so at that point, if he gets 50, the, I'm happy with that contract at that point. I think that's right. And and just before we move off of the Senators, because we do want to talk about the Jays, we do want to talk about everything that's gone on with the Habs a little bit. Do you think... Are, are these things just things that need to get done on their own over the course of a season or was this would this move the needle at all for Brady Kachuk another guy locked up that's another good piece he had a good year 
I don't necessarily maybe yet love what they're offering me, but they are showing that they're locking up guys. Do you think this is a bit of a like? Because I, I would have thought earlier in the summer, get Brady done first, right? Like that's your that needs to be top priority. But if that's not gonna happen, you know, here's another guy locking in long term. Do you think that moves the needle at all for Kachuk? Well, no. Um, for me, the idea is, and let's just contrast these two guys, right? Like, um, so we talked about being passed over in the Q draft, passed over in his first NHL draft. He had a dad who had a, like a literal espresso in the, NH, in the <laughs> NHL, right? But who played in Europe, who played in the IHL, who played in the AHL for years and years, mm-hmm. right? In, um, yeah, I believe his name is Norm Batherson. Uh, his uncle, Norm. De- his uncle Denny Lambert, also a senator, but both both his father guy. and his uncle played for the senators, right? Um, I think I think you look at the security that comes with that. So in terms of that's Batherson. Yeah. On the flip side, you have Keith Kachuk, five hundred goal man, um, who who never took a home down discount, whose brother in law is his son's agent as well, right? In in Craig Osterman. This is a savvy, savvy NHL experience, rich family. This Matthew, guy knows what he's worth. Matthew took a, a bridge deal. Three times seven, yep. Yep, and, and the, the final year's at nine, mm-hmm. right? Which, which means you're qualifying offer coming out of that. So to me, anybody who is listening to Eugene Drool, where's your towel, Eugene? Wipe <laughs> that drool away. Saying, hey, you know, we need a long-term guy. We need this. Nobody's getting a, getting a captaincy. This is not... The Batherson family. This is not your late fourth round draft pick. This is a guy who's a third round, a third overall pick. This guy comes from an NHL family. He knows what's happening here. And the idea that he's likely going to take anything less than a three year bridge, to me, I would be shocked. But that to me doesn't also mean. But this doesn't move, like, just the move itself. Because you're right, there's no comparison between the players. No, this I This wouldn't move the needle in terms of, okay. Like, no, because to me, the, to me, the Kachucks know what he's worth. They know what they hope the market's worth in three years or whatever. Right. Like, to me, this is a family that knows what, what time it is. Yeah. Right? And so I, I don't, I, I think they like it. I think they're great. They're glad to see that, you know, Batherson, Shabbat, and to a lesser extent, Whitey, who everybody seems to love, right? But that he's one of the guys that these are people who are locked up. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing. They they signed Philip Gustafson again, who is, you know, another one of the young goalies. When you've seen a little bit of Pinto now, you've seen, um, come on, uh, Norris. Norris, uh, yeah, yep. like you're. There's there is reason for optimism here, but I, I don't think the fan base is totally like. I got the feeling very much, and it was just a, a scan of Sen's Twitter, right? Hey, that's great. We really love this deal. Glad Batherson's back. But the attention immediately went right back to Kachuk. And I right. think the conversation and the negotiations, man, these are as interesting as anything I can recall lately. Because what Kachuk does is really hard to... Like finding comparables for that is fast. It's super important. You want guys like that, especially when they've shown leadership in the room and the rest of the team loves them. The fan base loves them. All these, but there's sort of this path that's like, all right, if in your first couple years you put up 30 points and then 40 points and then this, you're worth this. And if you do this and this and this, Kachuk is uh, almost a unicorn, right? In that the things he does are not 
unimportant, but they're harder to quantify and they're harder to compare. And so I don't know what this looks like, right? I, I see a lot of Sens fans saying eight times eight, see if he'll take it. I'm with you. I think he's going to go three years and go, show me what else is coming, right? Like, are we serious here? Are we locking everybody up? Are pieces going to start to leave again? Um, and just see if there's more money in the system yeah. in three years. But I just think these negotiations for this type of player, I don't know. I have no idea what that looks like. It's it's a really unique type of player. Well, you are talking about with, with, with Brady, you are talking about a guy... To me, again, he's not going to be a 50-goal scorer right. ever, right? To me, he is a 30-40 guy at his height, right? He's got good hands. He does a bunch of things. But he's also going to be, especially in the next X number of years, he's going to be top three in hits. He's going to be up there in shots. Like, he's a rotisserie, mm-hmm. you know, dream, right? Hits, he, he led the league in fighting majors. We hope to see that decrease. <laughs> but all, all we're saying, though, is this is a guy who who is really going to do a bunch of things. And it was good friend of the show, Steve Lloyd, uh, on, on the radio, who said maybe he looks at a comparable sort of, as you as you struggle to look around the league, uh, Gabriel Landeskog hmm. as, as a guy who you go, leadership, gritty, does all these things, whatever you need to be done, we'll do. He's not going to get you a hundred points, right? Just in terms of that, maybe that is a, is a comparable. And and I thought that's probably about as good as, as yep. anything I've come across. Well, Landis Cog and, and <clears throat> everything I've seen as, as following the numbers and the advanced stuff a little bit more, Brady seems to be more embraced by the analytics community than Landis Cog. Like Landis yeah, Cog yeah. seems to be one of those guys where you know that guy's important. You know analytics isn't everything. You know whatever. And you go, I still want that type of guy right now. His most recent deal, we can uh, whether that's going to pan out well or not. But it will. It will not. It but will that's, not. But that's a guy who's going to age out. Seems to be more more valuable, even in that sense, than the type of player that is more typically reserved to be the eye test guy or the the whatever right and so i don't know what that's worth though like you could tell me anywhere and it'll depend on the years but you could tell me anywhere from 5.5 to 9 million dollars like i don't know what this guy's gonna get i have no idea what this looks like and 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 i think and because the number has been thrown around a pile the shabbat contract at eight times eight right and and if they signed it at an eight times eight I don't know that I would be disappointed, but then there's also, there's also the flip side where you go, dude has never scored 50 points yet. And you go, ah, you know, you know what (laughs) I mean? And And, a winger and and there's a lot of things, right? And and all those things, right? And and, and you say, but because of all those intangibles, right? The hits, the shots, the, the physical, the penalties drawn, like he's first by like 50% in, in terms of penalties drawn. Is there anything to be read into this management group and this market and everything that's gone that you almost like if they're fighting over 500 grand and it's eight times 7.5, like, is there a certain point where the senators almost uniquely have to go fine, right? Like to get this done and to really settle the fan base. I think this along with Shabbat, if you got those guys both and I I'm with you, I think this turns into, this turns out to be a bridge, but if you could get both of those guys locked up on eight year contracts, I think this fan base settles down completely and goes, okay, we're all right here. Like this is going to be okay. And maybe that's worth 
something, and I'm sure the Kachucks know that. <laughs> well, and and that's the other thing, right? Is they know their leverage and they know their worth, and they know the fan base is just is looking on like, and 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 when Svechnikov signed his contract, yeah. which was that eight times seven point seven five or seven times seven point seven five, that is, and those guys drafted two pe- two two selections apart in the same draft yeah. numbers super close together mm-hmm. and and as we said before Brady's not going to probably get offensively to where where no. Svechnikov is going to get but their points are very close and and Svechnikov has been on a drastically better team yep. and if you look at it and go but all the other things to me that Brady brings, I want Brady over Svechnikov. I can find a goal scorer. I can find a Mike Hoffman, whatever that looks like, right? In terms of uh, that's I, provocative there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. But Svechnikov, you tell me. We, we can see what that is. I want Brady at this point, three years in, over yes, Andre. Okay. Uh, 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 but now we're going. All, but now we're going times eight and. Yeah, but yeah. I, you, you don't think that as soon as that Svechnikov contract at eight times 7.75 was signed that there wasn't boners around the room of course in the front office of Ottawa saying we'll do that yeah we'll get we'll give you the extra cash yeah make it eight million eight times eight we'll sign that we want you for eight do it that's it's, what I'm thinking too I think management it, wants that for sure but the but the Kachuk camp is saying yeah hey we'll take a little less now banking on when I get closer, we'll be one year out. There'll yep. be the ghost of Mark Stone, and <laughs> and we'll have you firmly over that proverbial barrel, and right. you will pay then. I think that's, yeah, I think that's where they're headed. I think this is going to be a short-term thing. Uh, Sean Simpson this weekend was on Twitter saying he's heard the talks have gone nowhere. Someone replied underneath and said, my buddy said, uh, sorry, Sean Simpson, not to, you know, I don't want to misrepresent him. He did say that the talks hadn't gone well and that Brady would not report to Ottawa until there was a deal. Uh, one of the first replies, and to his credit, Sean Simpson quoted it, put it right out to his audience again. Uh, but there was a reply that said, my buddy lives like right down the street from him and said he's back in town. So we'll see, right, what that's going to look yeah. like. But we do see a lot that, if, especially these days, if I don't have a contract, I'm not coming to camp, right? Like, what's the point? So there's a couple weeks here to to sort of figure that out. Yeah, but but to the Senators fans out there, it's it's not the end of the world if if Brady signs a 3-year contract. That does not mean he doesn't want to be here. Nope. That to me means that he comes from a savvy family who knows exactly how the system works and what he's worth. Right. No, that's right. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what's going on over the last week or so? We went quite in depth on the Habs and Hurricanes thing a week ago um, before it was flushed out into the lost tech universe forever. Uh, but now we have an answer. The Montreal Canadiens do not match the uh, the offer sheet from the Carolina Hurricanes for uh, Kotkaniemi. The Habs turn around and take the the pick capital that they received and go get Christian Dvorak from the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I believe what they got from Carolina was a first and a third. They traded a first and a second to get Dvorak. Um, You know, we can dive deep on some of this, but were you surprised that the Habs didn't match, or is this sort of what you thought might happen? And maybe it's a separate question, but, you know, were you surprised at what they did versus what you think they should have done? Uh, well, and as you said, we talked about it extensively in terms of where pride fits into all this, right? In terms of, you know, 
that at this point and what we've seen from Kokanyemi, that that is essentially you're giving him a million for every 10 points he scored in his first three years. <laughs> right? Like he scored 61 points, I think, in three years. Right. So six six point one million. million. Look at that. It may actually be that to a T, right? And so I think it's right. I want to I want to hate the deal. I want to hate what they've done, but I think Montreal in the here and now, what's going to happen in 21-22, I think that is the right the right idea is to not is to not match the offer. Yeah. Take the picks, you bring in, you flip the first and the second is in 2024. Yeah. Because the Coyotes are obviously, and, and there's a whole bunch of crazy shit that happens with the first. I believe the stipulations are that Arizona will get the higher of the two first picks, like, yep. the, sorry, the lower of the first two picks. So the better of the... The better of the first two picks, yeah. unless they one or two of them are in the top 10, then it's the it's the and worst both of, of the two picks. could be. Yeah, well, and this and, and sorry, so one's two, a Carolina pick, so Carolina's not going to be a bottom ten team, right? And so to me, it's and because Arizona has compiled so much draft capital yep. over the over the past year and change, um, that it's wise to take that second. And by twenty twenty four, Montreal may be a bottom five team in the by NHL. Twenty twenty two, Montreal maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, and, and it's interesting because we'll see what happens. But to me, Dvorak is a guy who's never hit fifty points. He's twenty five years hit old, forty points. Yeah, okay. And so he's hovered in that 37, 38 point range. And and let's not mistake, he played with Taylor Hall and Cody um Well, there was Clayton Keller, um Connor guy, Garland, Phil Connor Kessel. Garland. Over the yeah. last two years or over the last year or two, his foremost um common in terms of minutes, uh guys that he's played with, yeah, Connor Garland, Phil Kessel, Taylor Hall, and Clayton Keller. So there's a tweet making its way around. People who are active on social media will have seen it that uh, there's a Coyotes fan <laughs> and a Habs fan saying that he may hit 90 points this year when he gets to play with Toffoli and Anderson. Who said that? Just Twitter yeah, guy. That, and it's been dunked on and repeatedly dunked on. And, you know, Leaf fans are saying, well, then Michael Bunting might hit 90 points and Nick Paul might hit 90 points. And all I like, these... Nick, I like Nick Ritchie's chances. Of <laughs> right, exactly, points. man. And so to me, this is not a guy who hasn't had, you know, quality wingers in the past. And what Montreal is going to offer him in terms of offensive quality out of their wingers isn't better. Like it's, and so the question becomes, would you rather have a 21-year-old who now, granted, is going to be far more expensive, but a 21-year-old whose career high in points is like 32 or a 25-year-old who's now into his prime and is at 38? And, um, the you know, it's at 4.5 million versus 6.1 million because Montreal doesn't get to come back down after one year like Carolina might. But this is... I think Montreal did what they had to do and they did go get a center, but I, I just, I don't necessarily think they're better off um, than they would have been with Kotkaniemi instead. Yeah, I, I, I think... I, in, I'm with you that they should walk away, but, like, it's three times what he should be making on, like, a bridge deal, right, or a one-year deal. Like, it's a for, mess. For sure. No, it, it's a bit of a dog's breakfast over there. But, but the Dvorak deal, that guy is... You know, they're going to, uh, you see reports, you know, um, 
put out there that he may play with, he may take Deneau's spot, right? Yep. And play and play with Gallagher and Lickinen or, or Why didn't whatever. Carolina just sign Deneau? For 6.1 for Kotkaniemi versus 5.5 for Deneau is what LA yeah. pays. And, and it's so weird in everything I read that keep bringing Deneau into the equation. And then you're like, well, Deneau left as a free agent. I'm yep. not sure why we have to keep talking about Philip Deneau. Well, but, because their center depth has gone from yeah, Suzuki yeah. and Dino and and and, and the, whatever. The, the D- thing is, Dvorak is gonna is gonna is gonna be able to play center on your second power play unit. But this is a guy who is a bit of a defensive deficiency. He's not a big guy in terms of Christian Dvorak. No, I think He's there's just a, a guy. He's fine. I, it's just I think there's a very real possibility that this year. Kotkaniemi outscores Christian Dvorak. I think that's likely. The Canes have come out and said that, uh, funny enough for Habs fans, Kotkaniemi's going to play left wing instead of center. Um, And that probably happens somewhere in their middle six. And yeah, I assume at 22 years old, he can can beat 38 points. I I, I don't think that's crazy. And and as soon as as soon as he's out from the yoke of Julian Ducharme, Dominic right? Ducharme, it, yeah. yeah, no, oh Claude, yeah, 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 Claude yeah, Julian, yeah, Dominic yeah, yeah. Ducharme, yeah. Anyway, it, but this idea that I don't think he he was mishandled yes. from the from the start. Yep. And so at this point, Carolina is likely only going to get the best Kotkaniemi that there is. Yep. Like he he has the ability to be a much better two hundred foot presence. Than, than Christian Dvorak ever can. Yep. And, and I think there's a... He's already a, a, pretty good defensively for his age. This it's is it. Point and, cash, right? Like and, and well, and in Montreal, they never once used them consistently with any winger set. No. Like, they, to me, he was yoinked all over the place. And... Well, there was some hilarious, you know, waiting on Saturday because it had to be by 5.30 p.m. Yeah, for sure. There was this... I think I may have mentioned it as you've referenced it the, on the Lost Show. This Schrodinger's prospect right yeah, the Schrodinger's caught Kanyemi but Habs fans that were just waiting is this guy still a young prospect with a ton of upside that we're happy to have or is he a total bust that you know we were happy to be rid of right and we have to wait till 531 to decide yeah. which opinion we actually yeah. have of the guy right? which side of that fence I'm going to come down right. really hard on <laughs> And the fact that you think that that Christian Dvorak is going to start to uh, put up some of his London night, honestly, yeah, stat totals of 130 points, you're like, yes, guy, that's the guy we're getting here. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, drafted in like 2014. That he, he no, is no, 2016. He was part of the Marner draft, right? He played with Mitch Marner there. And, okay, because um, I'm thinking he's seven seven years ago. Well, well, that seems a lot like 14, 20, 15 to me. Whatever. It's 2015, 16. Yeah. It Anyways. To, yeah. Uh, but all I'm saying is this is Hab fan who's, who's passionate. But this we to, know. Me, to me, the idea that, that Hab fans, because they've won 20, I don't know, 17 Stanley Cups, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> trolling. <laughs> yes. Um, that, that they know more about hockey than the rest of the league right. is clearly been on full display to be not the case. Yeah. With, with this, with this, your winning her- heritage does not guarantee you anything. Um, well, that, what do you think? Is, sorry, carry on. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, what do you think this means for Bergevin and Dominic 
Ducharme. Like, they're in a weird spot. To me, this is not a better team than the one that just went to the Stanley Cup final. And for the last two years, they just barely crept into the playoffs. And that's, you know, that's been pretty generous two years ago. They did not creep in. They were 24th and got swept into the, yeah. the bubble and got it done. So are you rebuilding like, what well, happens now when Suzuki needs a new deal in a year? Uh, does someone just come and go, like, yoink, we're taking that guy too? I, I don't know what it means for these guys. They're, they're almost stuck trying to keep their head above water until Carey Price decides to retire. I, yeah. This is, this is like rebuild number three or four for Bergevin. This is, they are the Calgary Flames or they are the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> like, whatever. This team that goes... I don't know. We're kind of on the cusp-ish team, right? Like they, they yeah. are, you, you have brought in David Savard. You've brought in Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman, you're going to have to introduce Mike Hoffman to your defenseman or your goaltender. <laughs> He'll see Carey Price at the year-end banquet. <laughs> this is it, man. You, you're not going to see that guy in between. He is going to cause you six delay of game penalties <laughs> or too many men on the ice because you've, you know, he's ba- he's just coming to the bench super slow. Uh, yeah, he's going to be great on the on the power. Price point. isn't playing the first half of the year. We apparently are never going to see Shea Weber again. Philip Deneau is gone. This is not a better team in a tough division now. I love I love how we keep hearing now about the loss of Thomas Tatar. Yes, who was shit and a scratch for like most of <laughs> most of the second half and the shit. <laughs> Okay, sorry. That's He's probably strong. not going to be a future guest on the yeah, Tall Can uh, Audio sorry, podcast. Sorry, sorry, Thomas. Thomas I Tatar fe- disagrees that this is one yeah. of Ottawa's best podcasts. Yeah, well, and, and, and I disagree, Thomas. I loved you as a, I loved you as a wing, right? Oh, I thought clearly, you meant you disagreed that this is one of Ottawa's best podcasts. No, no, no. I am solidly on board with that. Thomas, I loved you as a wing. Um, clearly, Vegas didn't appreciate you, and clearly whatever you did in You're Montreal. You're going to be a great devil. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, man. You are a that is or an Islander. Like to me, that is. We signed with the Devils. Yeah, no, I know, but to me, See if you look, if, if you look at where it goes, and you're like, that's a guy who's going to fit right into a Lou Lamorell system, and you're like, yeah, perfect. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a it's a weird team, man. I, I I'm not sure what to. They're not. They're certainly softer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are like um. No, that's going to be a shitty segue. We're just moving on, man. The uh, the Blue Jays today, Monday afternoon, defeat the New York Yankees. That is their fifth win in a row. They have not yet lost in September. Uh, leading into September, they gave away some games that I'm pretty sure you're going to live to regret. But this is a team that put up just ungodly numbers against the Oakland Athletics. And after one game versus the Yankees, has done the exact same thing. And it was nice to see... Uh, Ryu kind of do what he's supposed to be doing as the the team's well-paid ace. This is a team that will not go away. Um, Last I looked, the Yankees were leading Tampa by one, um, but I haven't seen how that one played out. But the Jays have... They won, okay. So No, Red Sox, I said. Yes, sorry, we're leading... Tampa by one uh, before we started this show. Uh, it had been 7-1. to one. Tampa had come back to make it 7-6. So uh, not sure what happened there. But this team won't die, man. They won't go away. They're quickly running out of runway. Um, what do you think of of where they're at? And are you still... Like, has this, has this burst in September? All this offense returning, the pitching still doing what it's doing. 
are you a believer that this is still possible? Well, really, the, 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 I'd like to throw back very briefly to you, Matt. Okay. Did, do you, did you agree with pulling Ryu after only 80 pitches? Um, after the way, I, I don't know, right? That's a guy who's got kind of an injury history, um, and the way the rotation is sort of played out. Uh, sure. Whatever. Okay. I I, I got the benefit of hindsight, right? They ended up shutting him out and winning. So fuck it. Well, it it comes down to, yeah, 80 pitches. And they were like, oh, we don't want to see him face, uh, you know, uh, Judge and Stanton again. You're like, those fucking guys had, it was baby poo in terms of how soft the contact was off of Ryu. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking at 80 pitches. The numbers do back up. Don't send anybody out for a third time through. But you look, he, he, they you do he have faced LeMayhew and Gallo. And yeah. like, so they, they, you well, hit have the, you seen Gallo lately? Yeah, I know, man. And they were booing him at the end of the yeah, game. for sure. Big, big time. Um, yeah, it ended up being nothing, and Tampa Bay came back and beat Boston. Nice. So we are Ele- three back. Yes, 11-8 Gorgeous. Is the, is the, was the final in there. And uh, while you were talking, and then I asked you that I, question. Yeah. I, He's buying time, a, folks. What a pro. Yeah. Um, not. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a pile of things happening here. And you talked about the ungodly numbers they put up against the, uh, the A's. It's also worth noting that in the first two games, they allowed 18 runs yep. to, to the A's. So we outscored you 21, 18 <laughs> in the first two games. Now that that's Simeon. I'm, I'm watching it here at home and I was actually watching and they were down eight two. I flipped over and watched something else. And I came back to check in on the ninth, like literally Simeon's coming up to bat and bang, hits that three-run walk-off. Yeah. And and so we're watching it here at home, and my significant other, God lover, says, that seems like an over-the-top celebration. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but they just came back from 8-2, and this is a must-win, like this yeah. series against Oakland. They they had to take two, yeah. and you want to take three, ideally. And so it was one of those things where, you know, I it's, you know, to her, as a non-initiated or at least, you know, subjected to all that we've had to been subjected to during the season. <laughs> that's a huge win, yep. right? That is a, and it's funny, Simeon hits two homers today, right? He's up to 37, so he's now the... He's past Aaron Hill. <laughs> okay. How many second basemen, Matt, in oh, major God. league history have hit 40 home I runs? I don't know. Come on, I'm asking you, though. Six. In major league history, Matt. Six. Four. Okay. There's been four second basemen to hit 40 home runs in a season. That, my friend, is a, company. is a very small... Now, can I ask you to name them? No, you cannot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, Davey Johnson. Sure. Okay. Uh, in the 73 blah, 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 wherever he played. Some guy... <laughs> some Hey, some guy for the 2016 Dozier, the, the, the oh, 2016 Twins. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He hit 40. How about that? Um, now, that was a year, I think, where the Twins, everybody was hitting home runs for the Twins. I think they laid, lay, uh, led the majors in uh, in homers. Okay, and the other guy, the other two guys are Rogers Hornsby. Mm-hmm. And why Why is your name Rogers? Because he's Latvian. 1922. Was I was going to say, what, like the 1904 or something? Okay, and then the only really legit second baseman at 40 oh. home runs <laughs> So we're just wiping those guys off. <laughs> Fuck Brendan Dozier. <laughs> yeah. Was his name not Brian just a second ago? Might have been. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Sandberg. 
yeah, okay. that's a that's a Hall of Famer. That, that guy. You're giving him a pass, <laughs> Rhino. But you know, but that's it. Yeah. Those are the four guys who have played second base. Well, so we'll already be tackled on Twitter by people. Well, that's because Simeon is normally a shortstop. Are shortstops normally known for <laughs> pounding yeah. out bombs? Right? Like, okay. no, not and, really. and if, But if he was playing short, you know, Aaron Hill is the leading yeah. middle infielder for the Jays, right? Right. In terms of home runs. No, so it's still incredible regardless. It's, 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 and he's going to hit 40 now. You look at it and you go, man, we got 25 games to go. What are the chances that Simeon's going to hit three more homers? I like the chances. Maybe tomorrow. Um, when you look at this team and you referenced it you know, correctly about the, the Oakland series where you were giving it up as fast as you were scoring them and they almost allowed Oakland to pull off the same type of comeback against them on Saturday that they had pulled off yeah. on Friday. Would you be surprised to learn that this is um, the most shutouts the Blue Jays have ever had in a season? Would the number be 14, Matt? The number's 14 as of today, yes. So no, I am not surprised. He's obviously seen it somewhere before. Uh, that's the most since, or no, sorry, I guess. Uh, the most ever. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good, man. What you are- All this talk about the shit bullpen and the rickety rotation to start the year, and you're going to finish the year with the most shutouts ever. Well, we talked about it here. For a franchise, not for. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about it here about how the liability for this team, the the bullpen was sort of looking like you had some, some, some choices down there, but the the starting rotation was just going to be like patchwork. Yeah. And, and the absolute weakness of this team. And the reality is it's been the absolute strength of this team. And they're talking about, they flashed up a stat today that this is, yeah, a top six starting rotation in the forty-three year history of yeah of the Toronto Blue Jays, like up there with the eighty-five Jays. Well, all right? of a sudden, right at the beginning of the year, Stephen Matz drops in there and is nothing close to what you expected him to be. Manoa comes up and sets like all-time rookie numbers for the Jays. Robbie Ray turns into nineteen ninety-eight Roger Clemens, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess the rotation's fine. Who knew? Well. And, and, and Ryu, it's, it's funny because if you look at him today through 80 pitches, he looks like as, as somebody, because everything in this game now has become about high 90s velocity. Yeah. It's, it's a strikeout kind of game. And, and Ryu is that guy who comes up who looks like the Korean version of Jimmy Key. Sure. Right? Doubling back to those, to those Jays years of, of the early 90s and late 80s. A guy who... Not the, not the greatest velocity, but a guy who is going to touch all four corners, who is just going to locate, painting, right? He's just locate, there, it's a craft. locate. Yeah. And so as terrible as this team was through late, you know, late August, and you're like, man, where has the hitting gone? It has completely dried up. It's, it's, it's come, it's come back fierce in the last five games. And they did show some numbers there on Sunday, I believe it was, that Robbie Ray pitched. And, you know, the last four times that he had left the game, it was 2-2, nothing. Like, they were just scoring nothing for him. Um, it is interesting that so far this year, you know, even what, when you look at a rocky August or you think back to the beginning of the season and think things aren't going all that well, they have not had one month where they were below 500. And um, as they sit here now, still in fourth place in the American League East, 
every other division on uh, you know the, the the rest of the fourth place holders in every other division are like ten games under five hundred. Like this is just the mess that remains of being in the AL East. So um, it, is it, it is it realistic? I guess as we circle all the way back to where we started from, are you a believer that this could get done? As we sit here now, I guess we're three games back. Three games back. Um, yeah, and I am actually, I'm, I'm, I'm vacillating big time on it. Because it's so weird, right? Like three games back, you're like, that's nothing. Four games back, you're like, oh, fuck, right? Like, we, <laughs> There's something yeah. weird about. Well, and there is a three game, they, they have three more games against the Yankees. Yeah. But then there's a full seven against the Orioles. Yep. Still to go here. You got a Tampa series left as well. Um, and you're done with the Red Sox. You don't get to see them again. And and so I almost wondered, even though the Yankees were ahead of Boston in terms of holding the two wildcard spots, if this four-game set wouldn't make it more likely, if you had a great series, that you might catch New York than Boston, right? But Well, and the number, the number they flashed up today, which was to me was super interesting was the Yankees are below 500 against the AL East. Sweet. Coming into today. Yeah. Like, they are two games above 500. It's hard division, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're only 9-7 and seven against the Orioles. Right. Right, and so you look at and the Tampa Bay Rays, Matt, 18-1 yeah. and one against the That's Orioles. That's how you get fat off the shit <laughs> in your division, man. This is, this is it, and, and so... To me, coming into this, the Jays have an above 500 record against the Yankees. Right. They are an even 500 against the rest of the division. So it, it does come down to if they can win three of these four against the Yankees and then put the boots to the Orioles, <laughs> it is a very real possibility. Make because, this interesting. Because man. the pitching is, and, and it's nice, you looked at uh, Pearson came in and, and struck out all three all three uh, A's he faced coming into uh, whatever Sunday, day that yep. I was going to say whatever day that was in the past. So if you look at and the other thing is in terms of the numbers that just keep keep historic numbers, Vladdy is now at forty homers, yep. 90, 98 RBIs, right? And so if when he gets to one hundred RBIs, which he certainly will, do you know where I'm going with this? Nope. Oh, he, so his dad. There's only oh, two. I was going to the same thing. Yeah, fathers okay. and sons. Two sets of fathers sons who've had who've hit forty homers and a hundred RBIs. Yeah. Go, Matt. It is Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Sr. as well as Prince and Cecil Fielder. Okay, how many guys under the age of twenty three? Oh, should we look at the total <laughs> total combined stolen bases of that foursome? <laughs> I'm betting it's pretty low, man. Uh, well, Vlad Sr.? Vlad, Vlad Sr. Va- he could go a little bit, but I don't yeah. think the fielders are helping you much. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Vlad Sr. was a 30-30 guy at one point. At one point, yes. And so... Um, but he'd also slowed down quite a bit by the end. He could still hit, but he was not as fast as he... Right, yeah. but wait, wait. There was So when he gets to 40-100, which, like I said, he, he's only two RBIs away... Yeah. Only two other guys in Major League history have done that before the age of 23, or 23 and under. Go, Matt. That's probably Prince Fielder again. (laughs) (laughs) No. I don't know. I want to say it's Joe DiMaggio and Jose Hernandez in like 91 or 92. But 
That's it. Yep. You're, there's three of you. Like, so to me, there's just so many things that you start to pile up. And it's you're so like, funny, eh? When, it's not that long ago. 2019, I guess, just two years ago. We're sitting here talking about when they're going to call them up and they're controlling the, you know, the, the, the contract time, all this sort of stuff. And he was already then like a ridiculously young player to be getting called up. And even now he's like, what, 21, 22 years old. Yeah. 22, I think. And he's just fucking killing it, man. So. Well, uh, and, and he hit that, that skid as Bo did in, in, in sort of mid to late August. This right? is the Where, first time they've played a full season. Yeah. But but this is a guy who is he's still hitting above three hundred, yeah. forty homers, a hundred RBI. Like he had another he had another, at least two hits today. Yeah, I think two hits and a walk today. So when he had three on Sunday, so it, it, like he's just a freak. Um, why don't we? Speaking of freaks, this one will work, man. It's not a bad segue at all. <laughs> uh, we're gonna share an article for you. But a little family drama. And it's been a while, man. We haven't had one of these stories in a while that we got to, uh, to talk about. Maybe we've well, never I, had a story quite I, like that. No. And I notice it shows up on a, on a Rob podcast. That's, that's, yeah. where it, that's where it comes in. That's where it belongs. So, yes, of course it does. Uh, we have a son who has sued his parents successfully for, I believe it was, $30,000 and then like 144 cents or something weird like that. Uh, part of that's <laughs> going to be for the lawyer, uh, but it was like right down to the dime. Uh, they destroyed his huge porn collection. He, I guess, had bro- uh, split with his wife, moved in with his parents for 10 months as he kind of regrouped and then moved off to uh, from Michigan to Indiana the the locations are not important but it's not a florida man but it is a but it is a western it michigan will be man at some point <laughs> exactly uh, so his parents after he moves out, and i guess they end up throwing him out there's some sort of domestic incident after 10 months where it's like you need to get out now so clearly the guy's doing well his own parents won't even house him anymore and as they deliver his goods to him, is however many boxes, apparently there are 12 boxes missing of pornography. And I love the email <laughs> that he sends or that he receives from his father after asking what's happened to this stuff. Because one can only assume after they've thrown him out of his house that he's not on great terms with his parents anymore. So this email reads, I do not possess your pornography. <laughs> It's been destroyed. Like, wow. But 12 boxes, tapes, magazines, toys, I guess, as far as the article says, which we'll share in all the usual places, um, that uh, they knew he had a problem before they took him in, asked him not to bring his pornography. He brought it anyway. And a significant portion of the uh, financial settlement that they reached was for his emotional attachment to this stuff that was lost. I These are savages, man. These are terrible parents to destroy his prized collection. Well, first of all, there was 12 moving boxes, they yes. called it. So to me, that's those sort of two feet high, three feet long <laughs> boxes. Um, 12 of those was magazines and videos. There was two separate boxes of toys. Of toys. Like, I, I'm not sure what's happening there, my friend. Um, but it's, it's, 
it, clearly we we don't need to know the guy or his ex-wife, <laughs> but we understand the disintegration of the marital home and the marriage that that likely your well, if your parents are saying, we'll take you in, don't bring this, they probably know that was a part of the disintegration yeah. of your marriage. We've done you the favor of yeah. destroying this. Oh, I meant even when they took him in, right? When yeah, they no, said, don't no, bring I, it. Yeah. I know. And okay. that's, that, that's what the, in the email, yes. the father said, we've done you the favor yes. of destroying this because you, for your own it's good health. Your and, and, and the thing is, is, and he moved to Muncie, Indiana. That was sounds like a classy place. Well, to me, it makes me think of Kingpin, the movie with Woody, the bowling <laughs> movie. I, I'm not entirely sure, but maybe because his name was Munson. Sure. But the reality here is, buddy, uh, and I'm not sure that porn has become more accepted in society. Not in his house. Well, okay, well, not in his and, parents' house. And, and and clearly, it hasn't made its way to the comic book. <laughs> sort of, hey, I've got, or my, I've got a couple of Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards right. in hard plastic. I, I, apparently, you know, that Swank magazine from 1986 has it, <laughs> you know, in, in hard plastic. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure what's going on there, but it's, it's, Buddy has an issue. Clearly. Sure sounds like. And they said, uh, yeah, I, maybe, I thought it was $30,144. And then an additional fifteen grand for lawyers' fees. Could be. Anyways, we're, we're going to share the article. You people can check this, and you should. Check this uh, yeah, this guy's a winner. This is this is clearly. I'm not sure. That is like any addiction issues you may or may not have. Substance. Well, be you surprised food. he won. Like they did destroy his possessions, but you left them in your house. But normally, when it's something like this. The legal system's not going to rush to your aid all that quickly as well, you sue and, your parents and, and, over porn. Yeah, okay, but and, and as I've said, it, as you move the needle on on what's acceptable, what's not, and, and clearly there's somebody in the in, in the court system who's saying it's your possession. Yes. And so somebody now, I'm not sure if you've left the the residence, and I, I, there's a bunch of fuzzy shit here. Yeah, you left your 12 boxes and whatever here. 14 boxes yes. plus of, <laughs> of porn paraphernalia. Um, but a lifetime of work clearly uh, went into building uh, this collection. Like, yeah, well, I, There I, is a part of me that's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I, I, I hope he puts the extra 15 grand that doesn't go to lawyer fees or whatever it is. I hope he puts it into a new new tile in the foyer of his double wide in Muncie, Indiana. Whatever, whatever happens there, man, I'm I'm hoping that you've a new done awning on the. Yeah, this is this is exactly right, man. That shit's not cheap. So maybe a new bathroom. I, right. I, I, you're 43 years old, my friend. <laughs> Surf the net like everybody else, and so, so porn aside, which I hate to say. Is there something that you ever went back to your parents' house looking for, some collection of something, something you left behind, they were like, oh, no, we pitched that in the move or something? Like, is there any horrifying experience like that? Well, no, no. Now, maybe I not have... porn aside. Like, maybe it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really, maybe it has been. Right. Uh, no. Uh, now, I have been through a separation. Right. And I do, ha I, I do want to see... 
I had a fairly decent sports card collection. Okay. That I haven't laid eyes on. Yeah, in, you uh, don't anymore. In eight or nine years, <laughs> right? Frank Thomas rookie cards, Ken Griffey Jr. rookies. Will you feel better about that if I tell you that one night she had a lovely campfire that uh, was very soothing, it was very peaceful? <laughs> very, will that help you at all? <laughs> that your that your stuff was kindling for lighting my next you know <laughs> s- smoke off of my matinee extra mile <laughs> leaning into the bonfire maybe I have no idea chaining that bad boy up I have no idea you'd make me feel a lot better if you if you told me that my son has collected it and held and, on to and, it and maintained it and kept it in in good shape i would imagine he has not been presented that option and uh, all right so no matt thanks okay. you you've completely brought me down and now we're gonna finish this on a sad note yeah well, that's what we do i i, I can remember <laughs> when we moved out of our childhood house like in 2009 everyone had sort of moved out anyway and was gone but i happened to be back home for the week or two leading up to it to help kind of clear out the basement right here's the stuff that just it's picking up we'd been there for 20 years or whatever it had been the house was chock full of old winter coats and whatever else right so there was this playroom that was or just like a storage room under our front porch that was like a cellar and that's just sort of the way they built houses for a while there was you kind of open this door and it was a little bit cooler than everywhere else. It wasn't totally insulated. It was just out under the front porch. And so for a long time, that's where our old toys got stored. And it, they started getting covered in mold as no one was playing with them or whatever. But I happened to be home and my sister was texting me away from school. Like, you should try and see if you can salvage this or whatever. And I had to tell her, like, the things I saw, right? The, the, the beloved stuffed animals that were just being pitched into a garbage bin in the driveway they're old like they had this like pl- giant plastic stable for toy ponies screw it's in the bin like toy our, ponies it was like just <laughs> our childhood being pitched into this giant yellow industrial bin that was headed for the dump afterwards it was one of the most horrifying things i'd ever see i was able to intercept one or two of my own things um before they disappeared but uh, it was pretty savage man things uh the way things I, disappeared. I love the My Little Pony reference, though, Matt. We had tons of that kind of stuff, man. That was the uh, the generation. But uh, we'll wind this one down here, man. It's been uh, a long weekend. We hope you all are ready to get back from whatever you've been doing to something much worse, right? And uh, no, almost without question, back to school, back to work, whatever it might be. Uh, courage to you all as we wind down this episode of Tall Can Audio. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, and we will catch you all next time. See ya! That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.